section twenty eight of italy france spain and portugal this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume five italy france spain and portugal edited by eva march tappan section twenty eight michelangelo and pope julius the second fifteen hundred and six to fifteen hundred and twelve by anna jameson when only a boy michelangelo became a student in the school of the medici some of his work was so pleasing to lorenzo the magnificent that until the death of the duke in fourteen hundred and ninety two his house was the boy's home orders for statues and shrines and groups poured in upon the young artist before many years had passed he undertook though unwillingly to carry out the pope's wish that he should decorate the vault of the sistine chapel this was an enormous undertaking for any one man but it was carried out with a genius that has won for it the admiration of the world another superb work of his is the chapel of the medici and yet another is the tomb of pope julius the second in the church of san pietro in vincoli here stands his colossal moses at whose completion the artist is said to have cried speak for thou canst the last years of his life were devoted to architecture and were filled not only with every honour that could be shown him but also with most perfect friendships the editor michelangelo had at all times a lofty idea of his own dignity as an artist and never would stoop either to flatter a patron or to conciliate a rival julius the second though now seventy-four was as impatient of contradiction as fiery in temper as full of magnificent and ambitious projects as if he had been in the prime of life in his service was the famous architect bramante who beheld with jealousy and alarm the increasing fame of michelangelo and his influence with the pontiff and set himself by indirect means to lessen both he insinuated to julius that it was ominous to erect his own mausoleum during his lifetime and the pope gradually fell off in his attentions to michelangelo and neglected to supply him with the necessary funds for carrying on the work on one occasion michelangelo finding it difficult to obtain access to the pope sent a message to him to this effect that henceforth if his holiness desired to see him he should send to seek him elsewhere and the same night leaving orders with his servants to dispose of his property he departed for florence the pope dispatched five couriers after him with threats persuasions promises but in vain he wrote to the gonfaloniere soderini then at the head of the government of florence commanding him on pain of his extreme displeasure to send michelangelo back to him but the inflexible artist absolutely refused three months were spent in vain negotiations soderini at length fearing the pope's anger prevailed on michelangelo to return and sent with him his relation cardinal soderini to make up the quarrel between the high contending powers the pope was then at bologna and at the moment when michelangelo arrived he was at supper he desired him to be brought into his presence and on seeing him burst into transports of fury instead of obeying our commands and coming to us thou hast waited till we came in search of thee bologna being much nearer to florence than to rome michelangelo fell on his knees and entreated pardon with a loud voice holy father said he my offence has not arisen from an evil nature i could no longer endure the insults offered to me in the palace of your holiness 
he remained kneeling and the pope continued to bend his brows in silence when a certain bishop in attendance on the cardinal soderini thinking to mend the matter interfered with excuses representing that michelangelo poor man had erred through ignorance that artists were wont to presume too much on their genius and so forth the irascible pope interrupting him with a sharp blow across the shoulders with his staff exclaimed it is thou that art ignorant and presuming to insult him whom we feel ourselves bound to honour take thyself out of our sight and as the terrified prelate stood transfixed with amazement the pope's attendants forced him out of the room julius then turning to michelangelo gave him his forgiveness and his blessing and commanded him never again to leave him promising him on all occasions his favour and protection this extraordinary scene took place in november fifteen hundred and six it was some time after this about fifteen hundred and twelve that julius the second in speaking of michelangelo to sebastian del piombo again showed in the midst of his anger his entire appreciation of the man and the artist look he said at the work of raphael the fresco of the piliodorus he no sooner saw the work of michelangelo the ceiling of the sistine than he threw aside the manner of perugino and tried to imitate that of michelangelo who is notwithstanding here he burst into a rage a terrible fellow there is no getting on with him the work on the tomb was not however immediately resumed michelangelo was commanded to execute a colossal statue of the pope to be erected in front of the principal church of bologna he threw into the figure an attitude so much of the haughty and resolute character of the original that julius on seeing the model asked him with a smile whether he intended to represent him as blessing or as cursing to which michelangelo prudently replied that he intended to represent his holiness as admonishing the inhabitants of bologna to obedience and submission and what said the pope well pleased wilt thou put into the other hand a book may it please your holiness a book man exclaimed the pope but rather a sword thou knowest i am no scholar the fate of this statue however we may lament it was fitting and characteristic a few years afterwards in fifteen hundred and eleven the populace of bologna rebelled against the popedom flung down the statue of julius and out of the fragments was constructed a cannon which from its origin was styled la giuliana on his return to rome michelangelo wished to have resumed his work on the mausoleum but the pope had resolved on the completion of the sistine chapel he commanded michelangelo to undertake the decoration of the vaulted ceiling and the artist was obliged though reluctantly to obey at this time the frescoes which raphael and his pupils were painting in the chambers of the vatican had excited the admiration of all rome michelangelo who had never exercised himself in the mechanical part of the art of fresco invited from florence several painters of eminence to execute his designs under his own superintendence but they could not reach the grandeur of his conceptions which became enfeebled under their hands and one morning in a mood of impatience he destroyed all that they had done closed the doors of the chapel against them and would not thenceforth admit them to his presence he then shut himself up and proceeded with incredible perseverance and energy to accomplish his task alone he even prepared his colours with his own hands he began with the end towards the door and in the two compartments first painted though not first in the series the deluge in the vineyard of noah he made the figures too numerous and too small to produce their full effect from below a fault which he corrected in those executed subsequently when almost half the work was completed the pope insisted on viewing what was done and the astonishment and admiration it excited rendered him more and more eager to have the whole completed at once the progress however was not rapid enough to suit the impatient temper of the pontiff 
on one occasion he demanded of the artist when he meant to finish it to which michelangelo replied calmly when i can when thou canst exclaimed the fiery old pope thou hast a mind that i should have thee thrown from the scaffold at length on the day of all saints fifteen hundred and nine half of the ceiling was uncovered to public view and by october fifteen hundred and twelve the entire work was completed michelangelo had employed on the painting only without reckoning the time spent in preparing the cartoons twenty-two months end of section twenty eight this recording is in the public domain